I'm Polly. I'm a mom, a wife, a pelvic floor physical therapist, and founder of No Kegels University. I have helped thousands of women stop leaking, enjoy intimacy, and feel proud of their bodies, even after having kids. After years of listening to women wonder why no one talks about leaking, how they should properly recover after having a baby, and that pleasurable intimacy is possible, I started to get real frustrated because I believe that no mom or woman should struggle when there are answers. It became my mission to shed light on the lack of postpartum care and the lack of discussion on issues that relate to women and their health, even if they can be uncomfortable sometimes. It also became my mission to change the conversation on women's health, the pelvic floor, and more. Here we go. Episode 47, Women's Real Health Talk with Kate Lyman. In this episode, you will be able to meet Kate Lyman of Kate Lyman Nutrition. And oftentimes, whenever I hear someone who is so well-versed in exercise and nutrition and has a long-standing history of success, I oftentimes feel maybe a little self-conscious or even nervous to talk to them because of everything that they know. But you'll know in this episode that after you hear my conversation with Kate, that just her suggestions and tips and her opinions as she has seen exercise and weight loss and and all of those things in her experience, that you'll want to take better care of your body after listening. So let me first introduce you to Kate. She is a business owner, a wife, a coach, a traveler, and a lover of the outdoors, and most recently, a new mom. She has a bachelor's degree in exercise science, a master's degree in public health, and is a certified health education specialist. She has worked in health and fitness since she was 17, as a trainer at first, and then as a nutrition coach since 2015. She loves what she does more than anything and feels so incredibly grateful for the knowledge that she has and for the individuals that she gets to work with. She loves to work with those who are struggling to break the vicious cycle of restricting and overeating and looking to gain a better relationship with food and with themselves. Hybrid athletes wanting to fuel their bodies better and gain a greater understanding of how their nutrition can support their training and recovery. And those who want to achieve sustainable fat loss goals from a place of learning about caring for and feeling good in their body rather than hating it. I hope you enjoy this episode as much as I did. Welcome to this episode. And in this episode, we get to talk about something that I think is not always discussed very often as it relates to the pelvic floor and just in women's health in general. I think it's an area where there's been so many trends and so many fad diets and so many suggestions on how to improve your body and to lose weight or to do this or to to do that. And so I wanted to bring on an expert that knows her stuff. And with that, I have Kate Lyman here from Kate Lyman Nutrition. Kate, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. Well, for for those who aren't familiar with you, if you just maybe want to tell us a little bit about who you are and your business so that they all know that you know your stuff. Yeah. 
So I have I have worked in the fitness industry in some capacity, like 12 years now, which is wild that I can even say that um, <laughs> as a trainer for a long time. And then in 2015, I, I studied nutrition. Well, I studied exercise science with some nutrition in my undergrad. I then went on to do my master's in public health with a focus on nutrition health education. Um, and then it, for a very brief time was in a PhD program that I later left, but that was also in like public health nutrition education. So I've studied this for a long time. Um, 2015, I started Kate Lyman Nutrition, which is um, a nutrition coaching business and what I do, what we do, because I now have a, a a team of co-coaches alongside me is we provide very highly individualized one-on-one nutrition coaching, you know, knowing that everyone has different goals, different lifestyles, different dieting history, different everything. Um, and, and there's a different approach to sustainable change for each of us. So that's last month, April. Yes. April was, um, eight years of KLN. So that's exciting. Thank you. And then about two years ago, or almost two years ago, my husband and I, and uh, also another um, business part- partner of ours, started um, Mezzo Strength, which is an online strength training um, platform and community. And so we also um, work in that aspect of strength training. He kind of takes the lead on that, and I just help where I can because I'm, I'm pretty busy on my end with my work. But I really love... I love nutrition. I love nutrition education. And then I also love, um, you know, the tenets of strength training and and the importance of strength training. So I like that those two can stay um, pretty, they can stay married and and, and both be an important aspect of, you know, how we approach our health and nutrition. Oh, I love that. I knew I asked the right person to be here to talk about these things. Prior to us starting the podcast, one of the things that you had mentioned, or at least the topics that you felt were really important to talk about as it relates to women's health, was the three undervalued habits for women and their health, which I suppose the same could be said for men, but I'll let you kind of comment on that. Do you, do you mind you know, tell, telling us more about that and, and why that was important to you to share? Yeah. So, I mean, we'll get to what what those three habits are soon, but I think the reason that this is important is because we, we often believe that change needs to be drastic, that like in order to prioritize our health or make um, aesthetic performance, health changes, any, any of those goals, we have to make like do a 180. We have to change everything we're doing. We have to meal prep in Tupperwares and go to the gym six days a week and all of these things that just aren't true. Um, it's, I think it's really important. And this is kind of like my main message, um, on social media with my clients in in bigger settings when I'm, um, teaching nutrition education is we can prioritize our health through small and sustainable adjustments, uh, small and sustainable habits. We don't have to do a full 180 and becomes like a, like a gym rat (laughs) or a meal prep master in order to, to work slowly towards the goals that we have. I, I love that so much because I'm sure anyone who has studied habits or, you know, how to produce change, it's those slow and little changes over time and consistency is what gives you a bigger, that you know, or at least the outcome that you're looking for. Yes, exactly that. I love that. Okay. So what, what are those three undervalued habits that you wanted to talk about? Okay. So I'm going to throw a curveball for the first, because I know I, I kind of, my, more professional background is in nutrition, but I'm going to call the first one strength training or resistance training. Um, I also obviously do work in this area, but I know, I know how important strength training is 
to us. And I know this is something you're very passionate about as well. Um, you know, there's, there's always, I mean, there's a gazillion different benefits. So let's talk through some of them. Muscle mass. You know, when we strength train or resistance train, we are gaining muscle mass and muscle mass is really important for our overall health. It's really, really important as we age, um, as hormonal changes come into play, whether that's like pregnancy, postpartum, perimenopause, menopause, postmenopause, whatever that may look like. Um, and I, I mean, this, this definitely applies to men as well, but I think there's an added extra importance for the female population, given that we lose uh, lean mass, like muscle mass and bone density a lot faster. And, and at certain points of time with kind of, um, at a, at a more steep curve. So there's a lot of benefits, benefits there. And then there's, you know, this added layer of protection for it against injury and disease. When we have more muscle mass, there's metabolic benefits, meaning, um, and this is not just about calories, but this is a benefit for our health overall. When we have more muscle mass, we burn more calories at rest. We just, our, our bodies, our metabolisms are higher and we burn more calories overall. Um, it's like, a, it's great if you have aesthetic goals. It's very important if you have overall health goals. It's important just across the board. Um, when we strength train, we often, we see that, and this is, this is in the research that those who strength train live longer and they live more independently. Um, and something that I'm very passionate about is just um, the fact that strength training, like working towards building muscle mass and, and being strong actually improves our body image and our perceived physical appearance. Um, generally, it also improves our actual phys physical appearance, but I think it's far more important that we feel better in our <laughs> bodies as well, True. right? Um, like both are cool, but I think how we perceive ourselves and, and our own thoughts and feelings towards our body image are the the most important because we are just generally our own harshest critics. So that's like the long laundry list of benefits. And in this topic of like, you don't have to radically change every single thing you do and like become the six day a week gym goer. Resistance training can look like a lot of things. And, and no matter where you're at, if you're already active, but more doing like hit and cardio, or you, you know, have like, you are really haven't gotten into any type of structured movement, or you already do some type of structured movement. There's always a place we can start. Um, whether it's, you know, like some body weight movements at home or band resistant movements or stepping foot in the gym and just trying that out. Like there's, we don't have to go all in and become a bodybuilder. And most people aren't going to do that. And I don't encourage that because it's like very time, a huge time suck. It's like a whole full-time job. Um, but there are ways that no matter kind of where you're at, there's a way you can meet yourself where you're at and add in some of that resistance training that works for you. Oh, I love that. And I, I think one of the earlier things that you said too, that, um, I, I talk about occasionally, but maybe not as much as I should, especially for women with the hormone changes that we have. And as we start to age, which I've even noticed, and I, I turned 38 next month and I've even noticed that I'm having to change what used to work isn't working Right. like it did. And it has a lot to do right with those hormones. So I, I love that you brought that part into it. What would you say before you go on to the second one, what would you say, cause you talked about some of those easy changes. If someone was wanting to add strength and whether they had access to a, a gym or not, and I would rather say like maybe someone who doesn't, cause I'll even, I'll have people like, well, take an old t-shirt and like use it as a resistance band. You don't even have to go mm -hmm. buy anything. You probably have a lot more 
creative ways than I do. But what what would you say to the to the gal who wants to start strength training, doesn't have access to a gym? What would you tell her? So there's there's optimal, which would be like following a program that has progressive overload um, in its programming, meaning like you're you're building upon different lifts and moving with intent and et cetera, et cetera. And then there's like, how can I just do this and make it work for me? Go to YouTube. Find some like type in body weight strength training, something like that. I'm a big believer that like if we try to learn everything and then come up with our own program and then perfect it and blah, blah, blah. Like that's a lot of uh, energy. (laughs) That's a lot of brain space. That's probably a lot more (laughs) than we have to give. So can you go to YouTube and can you look up body weight at home strength training? And find something and follow along and just try to do that with consistency. And oftentimes, you know, I I have clients who are very much in this space that it kind of sucks at first because it's something new and you're not used to it. And then they get into it a little bit. And then maybe down the road, they're in a place where like, hey, maybe I, I do want to try to go to a gym or maybe I want to have... 5, 10, 15 pound dumbbells at home so I can kind of step it up a little bit um, mm. and follow these movements with a little more structure. But but that's down the road. What can you do right now? And is like an app-based workout or a YouTube-based workout feasible for you? Yeah, let's do it. Oh, I like that. That's really great advice. Okay. What is the second undervalued habit for our health? So the second one is adequate protein intake. Um, and I want to caveat, caveat this topic with the fact that like, I feel like protein intake right now is at least like in the diet nutrition space feels like a fad. Like it's like, this is what's hot right now. Um, and maybe that's true, like from a marketing perspective, but mm-hmm. it's not a fad. Like our dietary protein intake is very important. And as far as working towards overall health, um, having any type of performance goal, having any type of aesthetic goal goes. Protein intake is like a really, really big part of that. Um, So to touch on some of the benefits, because I think this is where we we fall short is a lot of people say, hey, you got to be eating more protein, but like, what does that look like and why, you know? Um, So some of the, the benefits is they kind of tie into strength training, right? So strength training helps us build lean mass, which is uh, muscle mass and bone density, protein intake helps us maintain lean mass. So when we're eating enough protein, we are more likely to retain our muscle mass and our bone density. Like that's really, really important, right? Um, Protein as as a macronutrient makes us more satiated. So it makes us full longer. Um, when we eat protein, we're often, it's kind of like one of those puzzle pieces that makes all of the other puzzle pieces fall into place. Like when we eat adequate protein, we're often eating a lot more balanced diet because that main component is present. Um, and overall, like our understanding that when we add this, this one aspect of our, our nutrition in, um, helps us think like, okay, here's my one focus. Let's let other, like these other puzzle pieces fall into place while I just focus on my protein intake. Um, so if we're, if we're thinking about what is adequate intake, um, about zero, you can like grab your calculator, whatever you want to write this (laughs) down, um, 0.7 to one gram per pound of body weight. So if you are, 150 pounds. That is, oh, I should have done this before. Seven <laughs> times 150, that's 105 grams to 150 grams in that range. Um, mm. You don't have to track that. You don't have to track your food, but it's nice to know. And if you're, I always tell 
individuals this because this is something I share a lot, like whether it's on social media or in a group setting or whatever. Um, if you're looking at that 105 at the low end of that range and you're thinking, oh my gosh, like I can never do that, then let's start with what's a more like with a more sustainable approach, right? Like let's start with, okay, my goal right now is 75 grams of protein. Mm. I'm going to get there. Let's not like freak out that we're so far from that low end of the range. Um, cause that range is yeah, like that's ideal, but how can we work up to that? Right. Um, it's gotta be sustainable. So, you know, figure out what's sustainable for you. And I think a really, um, really helpful way we can implement this habit of adequate protein intake is just, um, you know, thinking about, okay, <clears throat> I'm about to prepare a meal. Where's my protein source? I'm about to have a snack. Can I add a protein source to it? More often than not, you're going to get adequate protein if that's just a focus across your food choices. Mm. I like all these little, I shouldn't even call them little ideas because they pack such a big punch, but they're really just tiny little changes. Just thinking about things ever so slightly, which again is going to give you that outcome. Right. Like, let's not worry about tracking macros. Let's not worry about every, the nutritional value of everything you eat. Let's not worry about what's really popular right now. Oh, like, uh, not drinking coffee fasted because your cortisol is going to spike. Like, let's not worry about that stuff. Let's worry about, Hey, how can I add more protein intake into my day? Bam. That's my nutrition goal. I like that. I really like that. Cause I feel like that if we, I mean, because we eat all the time. And so if we're just changing our focus ever so slightly, it's almost like a big domino effect almost is how I'm kind of envisioning this as as you're talking about it. That's a really good way to explain it. Um, And then you even, and then just to even, or at least the way my brain is thinking here. So if, even if you just try a little of strength training at home, in addition to the protein, it like just to even, if somebody wanted to go back and rewind all the benefits of strength training and protein, how they play into each other. I think that's an even bigger domino effect if you put those two puzzle pieces together. Big time because strength training is going to help us, you know, build that lean mass. Protein is a very essential part of that process as well. And that protein intake is going to help. Well, both are going to help us retain that lean mass, that bone density, that muscle mass, um, you know, it's just like a really good thing. This is, that's a beautiful partnership, those two. And it doesn't have to be extreme. It can just be a slight focus. I love this. And while I have already worked out and I've already eaten lunch, I <laughs> this is just very motivating to me to go lift some more weights and to drink some more protein and there figure out what else I'm eating for the rest of the day as it relates to protein. I, so I, I love this so much. So I'll cite, I want to add like one little thing also. Okay. Protein supplementation, like drinking a protein shake, it's not a bad thing. We don't oh, yeah. want to get all of our protein that way, right? We don't want that to be mm-hmm. our only protein source. We want to be eating a lot of good whole foods because they have they have um, additional micronutrients and, and different nutrients available. But if you are really struggling, like make that a, a non-negotiable for your day. Like I'm going to have a protein shake as a snack um, and it doesn't like we've come a long way. There's not like just chalky, gross protein powders. There are like the pre-made, if anyone shops at Costco, Premier Protein, those pre-made drinks, they are delicious. They are so good. There's like the Fairlife has, you know, pre-made drinks. Muscle Milk has pre-made drinks. There's even a brand called Ascent Recovery Water and it's a water with protein in it. So it's not like that milky texture. Yeah. So there are options and there are ways that we can 
cut down on decision fatigue um, and not like, okay, well, what's my protein right now? And just say, hey, every day I'm going to have a shake because that's easy and boom, protein done. Oh, I'm, I'm glad you said that. Cause sometimes I feel, cause I, I totally agree with you. You, you're going to get a lot more nutrients from eating a, a whole food like chicken or beef mm-hmm. or fish or what have you. But on the days that I feel really, um, snacky and all I want to do is eat all the carbs. I, I tend to drink more protein shakes, but the yummy ones on those days, just because yeah. it makes me feel a little better. So that, but that you telling me this makes me even feel a little bit better about that choice Good. of mine. <laughs> um, okay, so the third undervalued habit that we should know about. Okay, I'm going to call this one the more of principle. I don't, okay. I need a better name. Like I've never said that before, but I was writing out <laughs> a note to you. Like, of here's what I think we can talk about. And that's what I call it. So I'm just going to go with it. Like um, it. Here's what I mean by that. So we tend to, and I feel like this is, very, this is broad, but also very female specific in that we as women tend to have been, uh, you know, more highly influenced by diet culture, diet talk, um, and restriction. We tend to trend towards less. How can I eat less sugar, fewer carbs? How can I eat fewer calories? How can I drink less? You know, whatever that looks like, we're just always thinking, what can I do less? How can I be smaller? What can I do? What do I eat less of? Right. Mm -hmm. So these diet rules and these, this restriction, um, really it's so impactful in a negative way. It, it, um, is what leads to a lot of, um, disordered eating behaviors like mm-hmm. restriction, like binging. Cause you don't feed yourself all day and then you get home at night and you're, you know, feel like you're going to starve to death. Um, <laughs> so what we can do, and here's what I mean by the more of principle is we can reframe like, to think of what can I add more of? What can I have more of to my days? What am I trying to eat less of? What am I trying to cut out? What can I, how can I add more of, of things to my day? So let's give you an example of like, okay, you want a cookie, but your upbringing, your dieting history has told you like cookie, bad food, carbs, bad. No, can't have a cookie. <laughs> what happens when we're in kind of like that restrictive mindset is we say, okay, I can't have a cookie because it's bad. So instead I'm going to have an apple because that's a good food, right? So you eat the apple and you still want a cookie. So you're like, okay, well, it's just like a little dark chocolate with my, you know, after the apple, because I just still want that sweet thing. You know, it doesn't cut it. And then eventually you have the cookie, but like not just one cookie, like half of the container of cookies, because, it, you know, you're in that restrictive mindset. We're like, okay, this is bad. So I better eat as much as I can and then never do it again. So instead, can we think, what can I add more of? So can I have a cookie and can I, can I get rid of the idea that I need to restrict from this food that I want and instead say, Hey, I haven't had that protein shake today. I'm going to have a cookie and my protein shake. So this is a more balanced meal, or I'm going to take the like two cookies and make what I like to call an adult lunchable, like throw it on a plate, <laughs> have some cheese and crackers and baby carrots, you know, also, so I got like a veggie, got a little bit of protein, you know, whatever, um, and make it a more balanced meal because that's going to be more satiating. It's going to um, not leave us. So hyperpalatable foods, like those really high in carbs or fat, um, sugary processed good things, um, they make us want more, you know? So if we don't add a little more balance to those choices, then oftentimes we kind of get into that like, I have no control type situation. 
And this helps prevent that, right? Um, and when we think about it, eating more and more often helps us have more energy to move. Maybe you're like, you've never gotten into any type of strength training or walking or movement because you're just so tired every day. But what if we fueled our body more so we could get a little more movement in? Um, it gives us more energy to live our lives, to recover from said movement or um, just from you know stresses of life in general. It's just a lot of permission granting. Um, and with that, we can focus over, focus on like, habits over rules. Like this is my habit to add more or to add a protein com component to this treat I want instead of like the rules of like, no sugar, no fat, no whatever, you know? Oh my gosh. I feel like my mind, I'm going to need to go back to this and take notes because I see, I mean, I think it was evident when I was like, oh, well, I don't, I don't want to eat you know, carbs or anything. I, you know, drink a, drink a protein shake. So I kind of trick myself. And as you're talking about this, I'm just thinking, yeah. So if I wanted a cookie, I probably would eat it, but then I totally would restrict myself for a while because of those macros I used up or the calories or, mm -hmm. or, or something. And then the, the interesting thing is I've taught my daughter, she, like when people offer her like a sucker at the bank or something, she'll say, Oh no, I can't have it yet. I haven't had protein first. Cause that's my, I don't want to call that's it awesome. a rule, but I, but I'm, so I'm just sitting here yeah. thinking like, wow, my brain's like all over the place on this. And I'm sure so many other women are kind of in that same, maybe, maybe not the same as me, but just very different. This is mind blowing. And I love this so much. In the so best well, I, I think it's, again, one of those things that doesn't require overthinking, right? There's no overthinking. It's like, hey, I, I have full permission to eat what I want. What can I add, of, add more of alongside this? Um, mm. What a mindset shift for those of us who have been very ingrained in this diet culture, like restrictive talk. And mm -hmm. like you just said, what a great example to your family or those around you. Um, to not be the person who's like, oh, sorry, I can't have that. But like, oh, you know, mm -hmm. you just lead by example saying, yeah, I'll have that cookie, but I'm gonna have some Greek yogurt with it. Bam, done. Oh, I like that. It's just very simple. Like there's not, cause my, cause my brain immediately was going to like, oh, like take away, subtract, get rid of rather than just, it's, it's, it's easy to add more. It's harder to take away. Right. And, and simple is sustainable. And most often, um, you know, especially for individuals who are like, okay, but eating more is really scary. Or like I already eat so little and can't see progress as often in aesthetic changes. Um, mm. You know, we may find that if you eat more, more consistently throughout the day, we actually have slightly lower intake because we're not putting ourselves in this restriction throughout the day. Like the most, I would say like the most stereotypical pattern I see, this is so female specific is, um, you know, coffee for breakfast or, you know, whatever, and a, a tea or nothing. And then like, okay, but because I'm so busy, like, oh, but I had to skip lunch. And then you have a dinner or something and then night comes and it's like the pantry raid, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> like, well, I haven't eaten all day. So Obviously, I can like go to town on these things because I haven't eaten. Like I barely eat. I eat a thousand calories a day. But we we in that like less 
um, mindful way of the pantry raid. We're often eating far more calories than we think. Um, we're eating a lot more uh, hyperpalatable foods that makes us want to eat more. We're not getting some of that balance. Our protein intake's probably very low. And if we switch to that, okay, I'm going to eat more consistently throughout the day. I'm going to have breakfast. That's a big more of thing. Have breakfast. Um, I'm going to fuel myself consistently throughout the day. You may come to the end of the day with no major hunger cues, but like, okay, just like a treat. And then you eat that and then you move on with your life, you know? Um, and I, I feel like my goal for everyone that I work with in any capacity, whether it's nutrition or training, is like, how can this be something supportive to you, your nutrition, your training, and take up less brain space? Because like, we have a lot to do. <laughs> and thinking about like overanalyzing our food choices, that ain't it. Like, we have way too much to do True. to, to so spend true. all our time doing that. So like, how can we free up what you have going on so that you're able to feed yourself well and then move on with life? Oh, I like, I really like that. I like that. Yeah. Cause it's, I mean, it sounds like this is what you do with all of your clients and it really would just make it easier. Oh. Yeah. I, so that's it. I, Three habits. I, I mean, habits, principles, whatever you want to call them, little changes. We're thinking simple is sustainable. So how can we make these things more simple and more sustainable for us? I like it. I like how it's, you're, you were able to make it customized to each of us, right? Because it's going to look a little bit different for right. each of us. Right. I that's like it. that. I no, I love that. Really. That's okay. So I have one last question. When you have a client that meets with you, or maybe you meet somebody on the street or, or something in your top and they, and they come in, they have a conversation with you, whether it's about strength training or nutrition or motherhood or what have you, what would you want that individual to walk away feeling like if you could wave your magic wand, if you got to control how they felt, which I know is not a thing, <laughs> What would you want them to walk away feeling after they have spoken with you? Whether it's a message or a feeling, what would you say? Hmm. Okay. So I think it's a message. Um, and I think because, you know, your audience is mostly women, right? So I, I want to mm -hmm. make it a little more specific to us uh, as women <laughs> with a lot on our plate, you know, um, it's, it's that our goal is never perfection. It's consistency in whatever we do. When we're like hyper-focused on being perfect, we are always going to fail. It's yep. going to be very frustrating. We're never going to reach whatever um, un unachievable goal that we have. Um, and it's going to be very, very upsetting to feel like all our hard work is going to waste. and We're just spinning our wheels and, and you know, towards whatever goal that may be. Oh, I love that so much. So I typically, um, when I do the solo podcast episodes, I give my listeners a piece of homework that I want them to take away. Cause I sometimes, I mean, you, you've shared so much here and I would really encourage everyone to go back and re-listen and take notes, but a homework piece I would say, which I never typically add when I have a guest on here that you need to change your homework piece would be is you need to change your goals instead of being perfect to con to consider consistency in those goals. Yeah. And as, as you've heard here today, Kate really knows her stuff and I have gotten a sneak peek into mezzo and I'll be honest, I'm, I'm kind of picky about <laughs> recommending 
workouts and strength training programs. And I don't know if I can sing their praises enough. So if you're questioning, just take the question off your, <laughs> off your plate and, and do it. It's, it's a really, really great program. All right. With that being said, remember you're an heiress and a queen and everything in between. If you enjoyed this episode or even wondered if I can help you check the show notes for more details and to see what else I'm up to follow me on the socials at beyond the V period by Polly. Because I'm changing the conversation on women's health, the pelvic floor, and more, I still need your help. Please subscribe, leave a review, and share with a friend or two. See you next week.